This is a Sports Fusion podcast production. SF is a comprehensive sports show that is built for the regular everyday fan. I focus on the NFL, NBA, MLB, and throw in some NHL. My NFL fantasy football tips are on point. Predictions, tips, picks, and barbershop banter. I am Jay Rich, and this is Sports Fusion. One team on the way up and one team treading water in the NHL Great Lakes region. We talked Maple Leafs as spring fever hits the ice, but the Wings rebuild may end up in some deep playoff nights. Hockey GMs scramble for the deadline as rosters need that one addition, hoping to put themselves in a better playoff position. Hockey is back right here on Sports Fusion next. Let's go. Last week we talked goaltending and identified the Rangers and Dallas as two teams that could visit the Cup. The team in Toronto had three signings that make them wish they would have signed a prenup. Many other teams will be dangerous and everyone needs to be on the trade deadline watch list. We will discuss those options, who's available, where they'll land, and what team benefits. NHL, let's go. Leafs first. I've been hearing some crazy talk in Toronto. Well, maybe we shouldn't be buying. Maybe we should be selling. At present time, the Leafs are ranked 10th overall in the power rankings in the NHL. And that still puts you in an elite category. But that just shows how disgruntled many of the fan base is when it comes to having that elite top six, or I guess at this point top five, not sorting itself out. How elite is it? Well, first of all, Matthews is on a pace for 70. If he gets there, he'll be the first guy since Solani and McGillney in 92-93. And considering that many think that it's much harder to score goals these days, we are looking at an elite season and an elite player that we haven't seen in 20 years. And with that, you would think that everything else kind of gets a little bit easier. But with the contracts and how they've been signed and the extensions that have been signed here, it's win now for the Leafs. I mean, they've gone out and got veteran defensemen. They've capped themselves out. There's not a lot in the cupboard in the minors. Most of the minors, uh, minor leaguers that are capable are on the roster right now because the lack of depth. So maybe they should just figure out their goaltending, who's gotten a little bit better lately. But it's not the only problem. Obviously, the defense core is a little banged up um, and obviously a little old, just to be honest with you. There's an elite six forward there, but I think the Vegas team proved last year that top nine on point with each other and a good defensive zone with four awesome defensemen is more the equation these days for a deep playoff run. Is it over? Eh, Probably not. Not the way the modern NHL is. You heard me allude to three guys and a prenup. Well, what the heck is going on with Domi, who's got five goals all year and made an excellent impact on Dallas's run last year? Bertuzzi, we thought maybe in Detroit last year, had a couple injuries early and would refine what he's all about. 
And Klingberg showed some signs in Anaheim last year as not being the guy that maybe the Leafs were signing up on a good team deal, I guess, at that point. And with that offensive upside, you would feel maybe uh, he would have enough left in the tank. He's not even going to finish the year. So when you're trying to add depth pieces, and this is no slant on the GM, but when you're trying to add depth pieces and all of them flop, well, yeah, you're not going to be elite. And so essentially that's exactly what's happened. The decor has been pretty good. I mean, Riley's still a legitimate two or D2 um, on any roster in the NHL, and many think he's a one. Um, I like Riley. He's a great quarterback on a power play and essentially a gamer, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. Lilligren's been good. McCabe's been really good, and Brody is at plus 19. Now, the goaltending situation has been up and down. They've since lost Wall. So what are they going to do at the deadline? Well, you got to figure with their offensive capabilities dropping off after the top five, Tavera's obviously running out of gas, that maybe somebody like an Adam Henrique from Anaheim could help. Now, he's not cheap like you would think that he was, as he hasn't been really on a good team in a few years. Teams have lost touch with him uh, out there in Anaheim. But, yeah, around $5.5 million, how are they going to do that? And with a lot of their picks gone, how is Toronto going to do something like that? And that's why many fans in the fan base are saying, let's just uh, let's just run it back next year and see if we can get better than the three guys that we picked up this year. But like I said, the defensive core has been pretty good. Overall, their offense is fourth. No surprise with Matthews and, of course, the others that uh, trickle down around him with Marner. And some of the wingers that get to play with the best player in the NHL and Matthews. Uh, and pretty good defensive coverage from the forward team. Like They don't get lost too much. But that's only translating into a 16th overall rating. And so can they maybe acquire like a flurry at the deadline for cheap to help in the nets? Their goaltending has been halfway decent as of late. And it has translated into wins. But either way, the Leafs are not in sell mode. They have to win now. Contractually, that's what they've done. They need to turn around from some of those guys that they signed, and they're probably in the market for like a Chikrin or somebody that could move the needle in the nets if uh, they just need a depth piece there. And we'll talk about that list a little later. Leafs are not in a rebuild. they got to win now, and it doesn't look very good with the three additions that they've added. Sticking with the Great Lakes region, let's head let's out to Vancouver, Canada, where our Red Wings analysis guy, Derek Hockey Derek is going to give us his insight on the Red Wings rebuild and what they're looking at at the trade deadline, how their free agent offseason acquisitions went. Derek's on the West Coast in Vancouver. Since I've been tied up with the NFL and the Super Bowl, He's going to bring us up to speed on what's going on with the Detroit Red Wings for uh, around, I think, 29, 20, somewhere around there, 10 games over 500, which is kind of a shock to some. Uh, Derek is a very versed uh, Detroit Red Wing analyst, and he's also an NHL analyst and has his hands around the neck of the NHL while I'm buried in the NFL. Welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. 
I was um, kind of looking at things here uh, quite in depth in the last two weeks when it comes to the NHL. And just to look at the turnover for the Red Wings, um, you know, without mentioning Dabrinkit because he's obvious. There's been a lot of uh, really under-the-radar, sneaky good signs for Steve Eisenman this year. And I think uh, Gustus Bear or Ghost um, and obviously Lion was a big pickup. And um, I liked him from the beginning, uh, seeing him with Sprong. You must be pretty happy with these guys that maybe weren't commanding or demanding $8 million a year and maybe not your everyday name, but certainly a fit into the puzzle and made this Red Wings um, puzzle kind of make sense moving forward here and been very good for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the the top free agent, li you know, list was uh, – was pretty short and um so you, you know you're looking for some some more value type players and contracts and uh that's what he loaded up on and um you know he none of these players are are committed to huge contracts and huge dollars and uh it, it's really it's really worked out um uh, you said Gostas Bear, Lion, Sprong have all been great uh, even a guy like Christian Fisher has been very effective in, in a checking role. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, a very good, uh, like off season for them. And then, and now the, it's all paid off during this, this season here. And while they're not a lock to make the playoffs, they're, they're looking pretty good. The chances are, are, are pretty good. It, they've definitely taken another step forward, uh, out of this rebuild. Let's go. Do you feel that um, there's somebody on this potential trade list, trade deadline list that the Red Wings could add in their top six or top nine that could help? Well, I don't know uh, of any specific player that, that pops off. I would say I think it's more of a, of a contract situation you know, that, that Iserman is looking for. So basically I don't think the Red Wings are interested in a rental player. I don't think they're looking to uh, trade any of their top prospects or, or high picks for someone who is just going to leave uh, in the summer. I don't, I don't see that just yet. I think they're probably at least a year away from that and, and more likely probably a couple years away um because we're still waiting for guys like like Edvinson to come in and possibly Casper and there's and there's a few others so this team is still on the rise they haven't by any stretch uh, hit their hit their peak yet that's still to come so that's why i think they'll probably end up standing pat but if they can find an impact player um especially a forward but could be a defenseman as well if they can find an impact player that either has term on the deal or is open to signing an extension, then I think that is a, a trade that Iserman uh, would be would be open to. Let's go. In our news and notes section, because we're so close to the deadline and so many teams are losing guys. And so many teams are actually showing their face. I figured I'd concentrate on that on news and notes. I really don't do rumors. 
but there's some guys out there that are obvious. It's really hard to imagine that the Penguins, who are all in on Crosby and Melkin, and then went ahead and grabbed Carlson in a win-now mode, who, if the season were to end right now, definitely wouldn't be in a playoff spot, would move uh, Gunsall, who's having a big year for them, 22 goals, 30 assists. And essentially, the 10-year veteran is on a, an expiring contract, and so many teams would like to add him, especially teams that have been disappointed with some guys. He's in a pretty reasonable contract at $6 million, so sending back a player and a prospect or some picks could work. Like I said, hard to imagine that Pittsburgh's in that mode right now this early. Is it finally over for Cam Fowler out there in Anaheim? The Anaheim team will probably have another high pick this year. Obviously, Carlson is their, their young defenseman from the OHL. Michnikov has been uh, incredible for them as well. And they're just two years away. Now, he's obviously going to have a full trade clause, uh, no trade clause in his contract. But essentially, you figure he's best off if he is into trying to win another Stanley Cup to go somewhere else, and Fowler would be a nice addition to somebody with a young defense core that feels they're going to make a playoff push. Tarasenko's out there again at $5 million. He's got 34 points, and he's rotting away in Ottawa, so you could see somebody that needs some offense. Um, he has a pretty reasonable contract at $5 million in a one-year. Marc-Andre Fleury's not going to get anything done there in Minnesota. And like I've talked about on previous shows, it's unbelievable what's going on with goaltending now. So throwing him on a team, i.e. such as the Leafs, like I mentioned earlier, could work out for them and or somebody else in the need of adding a veteran backup that could start some games and win you a series. Markstrom's also out there from Calgary. They're in full tank mode. And essentially, you got to figure that um, that contract's very hard to move at $6 million and two years left. He's been a huge disappointment out there in Calgary since leaving Vancouver and having a good playoff series there. So it'll be a little tougher fit for him, and that's why I mentioned Barry. And then, of course, Gibson's out there. In my time in Anaheim and watching goaltending pretty close, uh, I got a chance to be spoiled with Gibson. He's definitely talent-wise one of the top 10 in the league. Has not a meaningful game in two, three years. And so maybe Gibson and his big contract and also a no-trade clause could be off to a competitor. And he'd have to waive that clause. He said he's not into that. He likes sunny California and the beaches up to this point. Sticking in Calgary as they dismantle and try to start over there. You figure that... And you've heard in the news that Kristen Ev has been in the news in regards to maybe Toronto and any other team looking to add defensemen for the playoff push, which is probably everybody at this point. He's making $4.5 million on an expiring contract. His partner over there, Hannafin, is also a top three, top two type defenseman in the right system on a $4.9 million contract. He's a UFA and a 2024 um, contract that is due up there. And like I said, the Leafs are definitely going to be in the market for either another forward or another defenseman. That would make sense for them. And every other team that's a little thin on the blue line going into this trade deadline. The cream of the crop is obviously Jacob Chikrin and essentially a big physical defenseman that can also put numbers up 
be the quarterback on the power play. He's getting $4.6 million. He's got another year left, so someone would retain somebody like him. We've talked about that in regards to the wings. Maybe that would be a half-decent fit. But with Evanson, their young pick from two years ago, not too far away, and Ghost really evolving for them, I doubt it would be in Detroit at this point. Mantha is a guy, a big winger that is in Washington. They're definitely not making a playoff run. They kind of see um, seem to be stuck in a gray area in regards to trying to win aging out. And then obviously a guy like Mantha and his big physical presence, half decent finishing touch could maybe be a winger for somebody to add some depth on a playoff roster. In our news and notes, section outside of the trade deadline here it'll be kind of interesting to see if the flyers are going to uh try to make a push or with the uh, drama from the team canada team there and the legal issues of their goaltender being out one of the best young goalies in the league uh whether they go ahead and sell the farm there they definitely have some assets to move but they've been playing really well it's kind of crazy actually that they are still in the running is Kachuk a Hart Trophy winner? Well, he's definitely put up those kind of numbers there as he carries his team to a 37-15 and 15, um, record up to this point. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. They're now um, kind of moving in Stolares to uh, maybe rest of their goaltender for a playoff run there a little bit as they go with a two-headed monster there. Was the Riley act like a throwback to the old NHL when he cross-checked a guy for kind of showing up the team in a big game, in a rivalry game, and he went and attacked it. I don't know, but it makes me regain some faith in the old school type of thinking. So got to love Morgan Riley. Take your five games, son, and just put it to the side. That was interesting to watch. Now, so there's some teams that have been highly disappointing. The LA Kings have to be put on that list. They fired their coach, and Hiller has since taken over. And essentially, when you look at the team closely, and I have for the last week, uh, essentially, Pierre uh, Dubois is definitely the most overpaid guy in the NHL. And then looking back at his career stats and some of his play, he's a pretty big guy, but he doesn't play real physical. And essentially, they tied up almost $9 million a year for him. And essentially, it doesn't look like he's turning the corner at any time soon you look at some of the wingers like Moore uh, one of the most efficient savings as far as uh, just a great guy to have on a playoff team who actually leads that powerhouse offense essentially with 22 goals so Moore has evolved by field the second overall pick from three years ago in his third year like I say in every sport is very telling and that big size has now translated so if you look it's Dubois. Now, what the Kings had trouble with last year was stopping anybody, and their goaltender's been pretty good. Talbot this year, he's 36 years old. They could be in the market to get like a flurry or somebody to add a little depth there because you figure in the second half of the season, Talbot's going to need some help. But really, when all that is stripped away, Dubois' contract and that signing felt like it was going to round out their top six. It hasn't. He's been the biggest disappointment in the NHL. He's way overpaid, and that has killed the Kings' chances for the season. 
That's going to do it for Sports Fusion Hockey Edition. We're going to do a show every 10 days, and we'll have something after the deadline go over all the moves. Thanks for joining us. You can go to J. Rich Sports Fusion Podcast or just Sports Fusion Podcast on Facebook or go to www.jrichsportsfusion.com. Thanks for coming out. Talk to you soon.